After studying astrology for 14 plus years now, there's three main areas that we can break down everything into. So if you're a beginner and you want to learn about astrology or if you've been brushing up on it or just kind of learning scattered bits of information and you want to understand how it all fits together, I think there's three main areas that you can focus on learning within. I'm going to share all about that in today's episode. My name is Jeremy Devins, and this is the Quiet Mind Astrology Podcast, which you can find on YouTube or wherever you find podcasts. If you like the visuals, check out the YouTube video. And today I'm going to be sharing another one of my favorite resources to learn Vedic Astrology. And I'm not biased at all, but it's the course that I've created called Vedic Astrology 101. And I'm going to share the three sections that I teach in and some of the main lessons that are within those sections that you can start applying today. So the first section is just what is astrology? So the most basic question of what is it? So what can you expect from studying astrology and what's unrealistic expectations? Is it all predetermined? Are there just certain people who are certain signs and you can sort of pigeonhole them into that sign and understand them right away? Well, of course not. It's very complex and very layered and there's millions of possible combinations of aspects and placements. There's not just 12 types of people. So the first thing to really understand about astrology is that it's not just a personality typing system. It's not just, oh, I'm an Aries, so I'm like this and that. You know, and there might be some qualities like that that you resonate with, and that's totally valid and true. But you also have your moon sign. You also have what's in your fourth house of home and your mother. What's in your seventh house of relationships and uh, commitments and contracts that you create. Business partnerships. What's in your tenth house of career and your path, your dharma in this lifetime. So astrology gives you the entire map of every area of your life. And it's not just your sun sign. So if you just say, well, I'm this way because I'm a Leo or I'm a Taurus, that's really uh, the most sort of base version of astrology. And it's not really using it to its fullest potential. Now, in different sort of beliefs, and one of my teachers would say, and I, I think this is pretty accurate in my experience, you have about 40% free will and about 60% is highly influenced by your birth chart. Now, just like the moon controls the tides, it's believed that the different planets control different areas of our lives, different aspects of our human experience. And we're all made of the same carbon. It's just billion-year-old stardust that we're all made of and this planet is made of. And it's all made of the same thing when it comes down to it. So to say that something external could have a factor and a force and influence on us here on Earth uh, is not that crazy and unreasonable. Right? The sun and the moon have a huge impact. If the sun or moon was just a millimeter, uh, a degree different from where it is right now, everything on Earth would be very different. Our entire experience would be very different. So that has a huge impact on us. And then we start to understand in the second area of what I teach in my course is learning to read the language of astrology. So learning to understand the grahas or planets and this isn't exactly the right definition. Graha means like grasp or something that has a hold on us or a pull on us in some way. And if you understand how gravity works and the sort of relationship of planets, everything is just like perfectly aligned to create the atmosphere, the gravity, everything that we experience here on Earth with all of our alignment with the sun and the moon and in the solar system. So we understand the grahas, we understand how the sun affects us and uh, it has certain qualities in every planet has certain qualities. And this is another thing I teach of understanding everything through the gunas. And this is from the 
oldest yogic texts and the source wisdom of all yogic philosophy and Ayurvedic and Vedic astrology philosophy and the Vedas and the Upanishads and the Bhagavad Gita, which teaches about the three gunas, which are sattva, rajas, and tamas. So if we understand the three gunas really well, we can understand the nine grahas, the twelve rashis, the signs, and the twelve bhavas, the houses of astrology. So it all sort of disseminates down from the three gunas, which actually disseminates from before that, there's uh, purusha and prakriti. So there's nothing and something, just infinite creative potential, and then manifested form. And from that we get the three gunas, those expressions of form, Raja, Sattva, and Tamas. And then from that we get the everything possible on earth, but among those are the nine planets, the twelve signs, and the twelve houses. And that's how we start to interpret everything in a chart. And we can start to see patterns, like maybe the Tamas qualities are dominant, or the Sattva qualities are dominant. So what are these three gunas, and why are they so important? Well, the Sattva is purity. It's... Uh, sort of clarity, when you feel really clear-minded, when you feel really focused, intentional. Like if you've ever done a spiritual practice, if you have a spiritual practice like meditation, and you just feel this clear clarity at the end of your practice or your spiritual practices. Or maybe there's certain foods that you eat where you just feel really nourished. Usually it's going to be like fresh fruits and vegetables, uh, very natural, organic, minimally processed things, going to have this more sattvic quality or just spending time in nature, or uh, getting good rest, drinking enough water. These sort of basic human needs of health and wellness uh, are very sattvic. Then there's rajasic, which is like passionate action and movement and change. And this is like when you're exercising really hard and pushing yourself, or when you're working really hard and getting a lot done and being very task-oriented and goal-oriented. This is all very rajasic. Then there's tamasic, which is inertia, heaviness, dullness, lethargy. And this is when you feel like slow and sluggish and heavy. And if you eat a lot of processed foods, watch a lot of bad TV, you're going to feel very tamasic and heavy and dull. Now this gives us a very holistic and easy way to interpret everything happening with the planets and signs and houses. So certain planets are sattvic, tamasic, or rajasic. And for example, the moon and Jupiter and sun are all sattvic planets. So these are going to be where we look to to see where we can increase these sattvic qualities in our lives. And if we're experiencing a lot of rajas, like usually this is going to be from age 20 to 45, 50 for most people, that's the more rajasic time of life where things are going to be constantly moving. There's a lot of work, a lot of focus on career and activity and action. Uh, if we're imbalanced, if we have too much of that, then we're going to have issues of maybe anger, outbursts, rashes, uh, skin issues, uh, hair issues, these sort of things can all be more likely when they're in our more rajasic time of life. And then there's the uh, tamasic time of life, or maybe tamasic qualities that have become dominant in our lives. So we want to look to maybe where is the moon in our birth chart, where is the sun or Jupiter, so we can emphasize more of those qualities. And that's where the free will comes in. And that's one of the main things that I teach is learning to... Uh, look at your chart very holistically and very uh, open-minded of what's possible. So if things are playing out a certain way, and this is another thing I teach, is to understand that 
Everything in your chart can have a positive, negative, or neutral expression. And we don't always have full control of how it expresses. Pandemics happen, catastrophes happen, there's systemic issues, there's things way beyond our control that we grow up in poverty or in bad neighborhoods or whatever the circumstance, suddenly we get sick. Those things are not always within our control, but how we respond to them is 100% always within our control. And that's the 40% free will. And sometimes we can make major changes. Uh, for me, for example, I grew up without a father in extreme poverty and uh, really difficult childhood. And uh, as I was growing up, I just started to look at little things that I could change. And it's very fortunate to have the internet and find uh, positive influences and just different ways of living and, and male role models and things like that that could help me look at things from a new perspective and try new things and, and grow beyond where I started. And we all have that choice of what we choose to focus on. So the better we understand our charts, we can see how things are playing out. It's like, oh, uh, you know, I have uh, the sun in my eighth house, this is a personal example. That eighth house tends to represent loss and disconnection. It also, also means transformation. And I did, the son represents the father. So I did lose my father. It was a loss of father. And the eighth house also represents major transformation and growth and things like yoga and spiritual practices as well. So because I got into yoga and spiritual practices, I think that helped bring out the more positive expressions of that placement. That's just one example. And there, there's infinite potential of what you can do with what's in your chart, but knowing what the possible positive, negative, and neutral expressions are gives you a lot of power and choice to choose how to engage with these energies. So that's one of the really important things that I teach in my course that I think we all need to know how to do to effectively use astrology. Because so it's not just, you know, oh, you know, you've you got loss of father here, so it's going to be tough. It's like, well, what can I do with that? And what are the possible positive expressions of this placement? And anything that's difficult in your chart, if you're going through a difficult transit, like a Saturn return or a Sati Sati, where your Saturn and Moon, uh, Saturn is placed over your natal Moon and in transit, now that is a time where it tends to bring depression or major losses or grief or sorrows. Or it could be a time of recommitment to your disciplines and practices and structures. And Saturn is always very challenging to work with, but knowing how its positive expressions can play out gives us choice and free will of how we want it to manifest. And again, we can't always control everything. That's just not reasonable. It's not possible. But we can choose to focus on what we want to create. I think that's a really important aspect of Vedic astrology that's so empowering. And it's so closely tied with the Vedas and the Upanishads and yogic philosophy, Vedanta philosophy and Samkhya philosophy, so these origins of yoga and Ayurveda. And Ayurveda, the main teaching, this is just so life-changing when I really started to get this, and I can't say this enough because it's probably one of the most important things I've learned in my life. In Ayurveda, they teach like increases like, and opposites bring balance. So this has kind of been bastardized in modern sort of new age philosophy of like law of attraction, of uh, like like attracts like it's that's sort of true that's not exactly wrong but like increases like is i think a very far more effective and practical way of looking at it if there's a lot of like rajas and tamas in my chart and i do things that increase rajas and tamas 
say, I'm not meditating, I'm not doing yoga, I don't have a spiritual practice, I'm not eating uh, organic natural foods, I'm eating like processed foods and uh, watching bad TV, drinking alcohol, smoking, doing drugs, uh, staying up late, uh, neglecting my health in general. Uh, that's all going to increase the rajas and tamas. And when those negative aspects pass over us, like the sati sati or the Saturn return or uh, a difficult dasha, like if you're in your Saturn period of life, these things are all going to increase those negative effects even more. So it just makes things extra hard. So like increases like. Now, again, like for me, it was just small choices coming up from my poverty of like, Okay, I don't have a ton of money, but I'm going to choose to eat this organic food because I know it's healthier and it's just a little bit more money and I know I can make it work and it's worth the investment. And I don't know where it's going to lead, but I think it's worth it. And I was by myself, like I didn't have any sort of community or people to really uh, support me in that. It was just something I chose to do because I felt like it was the right direction to go. And we get these little inklings and nudges and urges at times to say, this is probably the right way to go. Like that feels more in alignment. And that's ultimately what all of astrology is about, of learning to find our dharma and our path in life. So finally, the real third main section of what I teach in my training is how to read a birth chart and how to see how that karma plays out in your lifetime. So the karma is your actions and the consequences of those actions. And from a Vedic astrology standpoint, there is a belief in reincarnation, that we had a past lifetime and we had something that we learned and worked through. And now we incarnated again in this lifetime to learn something new. And that's where Rahu is in your chart. It shows you what this lifetime is about. And all of its aspects and placements shows you what this lifetime is about. So to quickly review what I covered, the, the main areas of what I teach is just number one is what is astrology, what it's not, what you can expect from it. And ultimately it's about you can control what you choose to focus on. We can't always control what happens to us or the outcomes of things, but we can choose what we want to focus on. Number two is learning to read the language of astrology. This is starting to understand the the grahas, the, the planets, the gunas, the different qualities, the sattva, rajas, and tamas, how they play out. Understanding the houses and signs, which is more in-depth, which I didn't cover too much here. And again, that's just a total misnomer of understanding astrology to think, okay, sun in uh, Taurus, that's who I am, sun in Taurus. Right? That's just a fraction of what astrology is capable of showing us, and uh, it really misses the opportunity of what we can learn from it. And then third was learning how to read your birth chart. So this is learning how to see where all that stuff is placed and what it could mean and how it plays out for you. So if you have, for example, Jupiter in your sixth house of health and wellness, you're going to be very optimistic. And uh, this is something I've seen for doctors and people in the medical field because Jupiter is a teacher. The Sanskrit word for Jupiter is guru, one who brings light into darkness. In the sixth house of health and wellness, but also enemies. So this could be somebody who's like a conflict negotiator or uh, helps resolve conflicts, like a marriage counselor or something like that. It's all going to depend on everything else in your chart, but we start to see these aspects and these qualities play out. And for example, Jupiter in the sixth house in the negative expression can mean massive increasing debts. So Jupiter can be very positive and uh, good and bring, make you a teacher about things to do with health and wellness and your day-to-day -day routines and your enemies. But it can also bring massive debts because the sixth house represents debts as well. 
and Jupiter means expansion, so expansion of debts. So that's a negative expression. So if that were me, in my personal experience, if I notice I have a lot of debts going on here, that debt is expanding, I'm going to choose the positive expression of this and try to just focus more energy on that and put more attention on that. Like, What can I teach about health and wellness? What can I teach about uh, your enemies and conflict resolution and things like this? Right, so you start to understand your chart from those single aspects, but then holistically as well. And I'll be teaching future courses that go more in depth with things like your Shadbala, your planetary strength, your D9. Uh, this is like your spiritual progression in life, how you grow and evolve spiritually and mature in your life. And things like the final dispositor, which kind of shows you what ultimately rules your chart and how it all plays out. But if you want to understand the essentials, the fundamentals, the difference between Western and Vedic astrology, how to read your chart, what the signs mean, all the essentials you need to really be able to start reading your chart and make sense of it and read this language. It's just learning a language, right? If you learn French, there's a whole bunch of stuff you've got to learn, uh, conjugations and verbs and nouns. In Vedic astrology, it's by comparison to learning a language like French or Spanish, it's pretty simple, right? You've got to learn the gunas, the three qualities. You've got to learn Grahas, the Bhavas, the Rashis, so the signs, planets, and houses. And when you understand the Sanskrit words, within them is embedded a message about what they mean and how they work. Again, like Guru, one who brings light into the darkness, or Buddhi, which is uh, the Mercury in Sanskrit. Buddhi means wisdom, and uh, it's where we get Buddha, the awakened one. Right? So the more we understand the Sanskrit, the language of it, the better sense it all makes. And instantly, just within the words, we understand what it means. And then so we can start to look at our charts very holistically and very clearly to understand how things are playing out. And then again, understanding everything can have a positive, negative, or neutral expression. And we can choose. If things are not working, we can cultivate the opposite. So knowing that like increases like, if you tend to be... Uh, I talked to a client recently who's having uh, she has a strong Mars in her chart that can bring negative aspects into her relationship. So all the Mars qualities, the warrior energy, sharp, hot, penetrating, fierce, uh, destructive. So if she could maybe eliminate uh, having conflicts in the kitchen where there are sharp, sharp objects, eliminate uh, sharp angles in the home, like, like if there's like sharp artwork above the bed. This may sound crazy to you, but I've worked with clients who have this like very strong, sharp Mars energy. And I go, I've been to their homes and they just have angular art pieces everywhere and angular architecture, very sharp corners in their home. That's all going to increase the Mars quality, the Mangala quality. So the more we're aware of these qualities, we can start to see them in our environments, in our food choices, our television choices. If you're watching like violent programming before bed in the bedroom with your partner and you've already got all this Mars stuff with your partner, it's just going to exponentially increase that stuff. So what can we do to soften that? So like increases like, more sharp, penetrating, violent things are going to increase more of that in that aspect where Mars is placed in your, in your chart. And opposites bring balance. So softness, yin yoga, restorative yoga, pranayama, meditation, uh, couples therapy, having more round artwork in the house, more round architecture if possible, right? Not having as many sharp corners in your furniture or in your decorations in your home, right? This is where you, I might start to think, you might start to think, oh man, this is just a little too much for me. 
but try it and just see if it works for you. If you notice you've got some imbalance, you can look at what are the positive, negative, and neutral expressions of that placement, and how could I bring the opposite in? Because I've gone out of balance, and this is one of the Yoga Sutra teachings of Pratipaksha Bhavana. When something is out of balance in one direction, we cultivate the opposite to bring it back into balance. Because that's ultimately where we're coming towards this equilibrium, this purity and clarity of this sattvic state where it doesn't matter what happens externally. There can be a pandemic. There can be massive ups and downs. We can have health issues. We're going to die. We're going to have health issues. We're going to lose things. This is all part of life. It's all part of our karma unfolding. And astrology helps us better understand how it might unfold how we can best engage with it, and we can choose to focus on what we can control within those circumstances and know that it is just part of life. And the more we find this sattvic state within ourselves, the less we are pulled and pushed by these ups and downs and the more centered we are within all of it. So I hope this is helpful for you. If you'd like to sign up for the Vedic Astrology 101 course, click the link in the show notes or go to quietmindastrology.com where you can sign up today. So it's a recorded course. You can go at your own pace. And then there's a live Zoom session occasionally. So whatever group you sign up with, there will be a live Zoom shortly after that, within a couple months or so. So you want to check the site to see when the next one is. But anytime you join the course, you get access to a live Zoom Q&A as well. Uh, those are occasional, so you want to check when you sign up for when the next one is. But you get the course all self-paced. I lay it all out. What is astrology? Uh, how to read the language of astrology? And how to read your birth chart? So all the essentials you need to know to get started to make sense of your chart. And all for the cost of a single reading with me, uh, at, at least at the time of this recording. So uh, you can save yourself some money and uh, start to learn how to do this yourself and read your chart. And of course, if you want to schedule a reading and want more support, quietmindastrology.com. There's a link to schedule an appointment with me right there, and you can schedule a reading with me at your convenience to learn all about your chart and how it all plays out for you. So thank you for listening. If you enjoy this, please subscribe in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen, and on the Quiet Mind Yoga YouTube channel where I post videos like this and yoga classes and practices and things you can do to focus on what you can control and find your own center and equilibrium no matter what's happening externally. All right, thank you for listening and watching. Hope you have a great rest of your day.